my name is Melissa. I am 28 years old and I am trying to grow a human for the very first time. This is a podcast about pregnancy, all the ups and downs that come with it, and the things I never knew and probably should about having an actual baby. All thoughts are my own, I'm not a medical professional, but facts and musings will be backed up by any research and medical advice that I may find. Welcome to Trying to Grow a Human. everyone welcome welcome to another episode episode six of trying to grow a human we are here again the month has come by and I am 24 weeks pregnant I've actually lost track of the months recently and like how far along I am so I had to work it out and I am over five months pregnant which is pretty crazy and I told Adam that the other day and he he was a bit freaked out um but hey this this is this is the plan this was always gonna happen so yeah I over five months so you know next episode I believe will be six months and before you know it'll be Christmas and we know what's coming in January so yeah 24 weeks pregnant I can't believe it it's very easy to kind of settle into pregnancy and kind of chill out, but then it, it is creeping up on us. So uh, things are things are getting in place now, I think. In this episode, I'm going to talk about what I've been up to, including uh, last month's anomaly scan, uh, a book update, and of course, I'm going to chat about my topic of the month, which this month is going to be about social media and the information you can kind of get on there. And did you know all about where you can give birth? So let's get to it. Well, September seemed to fly by for me. Like I still feel like I'm in September, but it, it's nearly mid. I think it's like mid-October now. It, it went so quickly. I don't know if everyone else felt that as well. Uh, I think partly it flew was because uh, my husband Adam was away for two weeks Uh, He went to Australia to see his sister and his adorable nephew, his first ever nephew. So I I had to keep myself busy and keep myself, you know, keep keep planning things so I I didn't miss him too much (laughs) and wasn't like terribly lonely in our flat. But actually it was absolutely fine and I think, like I said, it, it went made the month go very, very fast. We are already in October, who knew? I was gonna record this last week just so that I had a bit of time I usually record a week ahead and then I have time to edit and things but I had a really rubbish cold last week I got it last Monday I felt my throat go and I was like I know what this feeling is it's I'm getting a cold and it decided to just wait and wait and wait and then go bang there's your cold on Thursday and I felt so bad uh, on Friday like Bed bound, like really, really awful, and um, I'm really sorry if you can still hear it in my voice. Um, I'm still a bit sniffly, but I'm feeling so much better, thank God. Any any of you out there have a cold at the moment? I feel for you. It is. Uh, I mean, you, you get them every year, but I, I'm never used to them. I hate them so much, and I always get them. Adam doesn't seem to get them. Lucky thing, but 
Yeah. I also got the flu vaccine last week as well uh, because pregnant people are encouraged to go and get the flu vaccine. So I think that wiped me out as well. But luckily, I am feeling better and that's why I'm here still recording. And, well, I'm going to have a bit of a tight turnaround to edit and, uh, well, put this episode out. So hopefully uh, it'll be out like I say, on on the normal day, but we'll, we'll see how I go. We had our 20-week anomaly scan last month, which I mentioned we would have in the last episode, as was just happened to be when I was 21 weeks, but they, they kind of stagger it like that. And it was a really positive experience for us both. Um, we saw our baby again and were told by the sonographer that everything is looking good so it was it was really great and I do find those appointments a bit nervy even though it's literally out of my control I can't I can't do anything about it but you go there and you're in the hospital and you wait for your appointment and you are you know you are hoping everything's okay you don't you don't know what's going on inside of you you can feel a bit but <laughs> you really don't know so being able to have that confirmed, you know, at that time and see your baby wiggling about in there is 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 lovely and, and reassuring. But as I say, can be a little bit nervy. Uh, it was a longer scan this time as they check for lots of possible anomalies that can occur in the growth of the baby. But our sonographer was really great at telling us what she was looking at, which was nice. We didn't really get that the first time round. She was kind of like, explaining what she was looking at and saying oh yeah that looks good and even when to us you have no idea what's on that screen sometimes because you know they're zooming in on certain parts of the baby like the brain the heart and things like that and you don't you know you don't to the naked eye know uh, what that actually is but of course very skilled trained sonographers do so that she let us know what blobs were if they were on the screen so yeah it was it was very nice uh, I also found out at that appointment that I have an anterior top placenta, which means that my placenta is well out of the way from the cervix, which is great news. It's what you want, ideally. And it's also on the front of my bump, uh, which can mean that I feel less baby movements, but I can't say that I've experienced that, but I will talk about that a bit later on. And of course, you can also find out the gender at this scan. But as you may know, we actually already knew our gender of our baby from an early blood test uh, that we were having a girl. But our sonographer also confirmed that in the scan too. I think she said something like, oh yeah, no, I don't see any little bits, <laughs> little boy bits there. So you're all good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was... Um, that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, overall, very nice experience getting the scan done. And we even found out we have another scan, which I don't think all hospitals provide. Like when I was, I, I assumed, me and Adam assumed that you only get two scans with the NHS. But no, our sonographer booked us in for another scan. This time, this one is at... 36 weeks so very close to due date but I'm very happy about that as we'll be able to see the baby one more time before she comes into the world and 
you know, we'll be able to see what her position is going forward for the birth. We will see. <laughs> Not too much has changed since I last chatted on the podcast, only that things have developed more, I suppose. And my bump is certainly getting bigger now. It's quite profound. Is that the word? Yeah. And uh, I've gone, I had to go shopping to actually get some decent clothes to actually fit into. It got to that point where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just annoyed wading through my clothes trying to see what will fit and what won't. So I had, I did do a little shop um, to get some maternity outfits. Although it's not, it's not the most enjoyable experience. I don't know, like, I found it really hard looking for maternity clothes because when you go out to, you know, shopping centre or whatever, it, you don't actually know what shops do maternity clothes. So it would be great if, like, shops had a sign saying, oh, yeah, maternity clothes upstairs, this way, whatever. So I know. Otherwise, I'm just wandering around a shop for endlessly looking and then find out they don't actually do maternity wear. So there was a little bit of that, but eventually I did get some nice stuff. I got some jeans, so I can finally wear some jeans, pregnancy jeans, obviously, uh, that will fit, and it is getting colder, and leggings and jeans are just going to be the way forward, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I think online is much easier to find the right stuff, but obviously you kind of want to try things on first, but... It's fine, it's fine. It's only for a few more months now and then we'll see what I can fit into after. <laughs> Who knows? In terms of movement, I am feeling her a lot more now. And by a lot more, I, I mean the power <laughs> of the movement. It's a lot more than a wiggle that I kind of described in the last episode. I think it was like a wiggle and like a flutter it's it's definitely kicking going on and definitely you know she's moving about when she wants and I absolutely love it it's it's just amazing and I noticed it picking up a lot more when Adam was away actually so I was kind of telling him and then I was looking at my belly and I was like oh you can actually you can actually see it sometimes when she kicks so every time she was kicking, I'd get my phone out quickly, try and record a video, and then, of course, nothing. You, you, I have a minute video of just my my belly, <laughs> uh, which isn't really fun to watch. But I did eventually get one so I could send to Adam, and he was pretty amazed. So when he came back, it was lovely because I was like, you're going to feel her. You, I promise you're going to feel her now. And, yeah, that night he, he, he had his hand on my belly and she was kicking away and it's just so nice because you can just kind of chat to her and be like you're right in there what are you doing you know I just think it's oh, it's very cool it's very cool and it's it's just wild like a lot of the day she's not kicking um at the moment I'm sure that'll pick up but it's mainly in the evenings like when I'm relaxed lying down or even sitting up sometimes she's like okay time for a wiggle uh, we can have some fun <laughs> trying to find out what the hell she's doing in there. But I don't think I've got much of a pattern to my movements yet. Like midwife and informational lines kind of like, you know, try and work out what the pattern is so you're used to it and you can work out if anything's maybe maybe not quite right and she's not kicking as much, but I haven't quite got there yet. But I, won't, I know that when I do feel them, I really feel them. So 
Yeah, I'm just enjoying that. And I think now that she has picked up, I've got the, you know, my bump is growing and she's kicking more. I've just felt very, very grateful at the moment and just feeling like, oh, I'm so happy to be pregnant <laughs> and to have this baby. Uh, I guess I'm kind of in that middle bit, but definitely looking forward going to need to get into baby mode and what it's actually going to be like after pregnancy, you know, having a baby in our arms and what we're going to do with her. <laughs> I'm not feeling too uncomfortable just yet as she gets bigger. Obviously, I know that could change, certainly. And I read that the baby will grow around, I think it was 90 grams a week from now on. So I'm preparing myself for it. I'm preparing to get heavier and uh, feel that on my pelvis and everything. But I have noticed that if I walk too fast, which I like to do, like if I'm going somewhere, I'm going, you know, I've got, I've got that purpose to walk. Mm -hmm. But if I walk too fast, I do sometimes get a stitch lower down, which obviously is not very comfortable. So I'm finding myself walking a lot slower uh, which Adam's going to have to put up with now <laughs> when we go for walks together and whoever I'm with. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll be waddling in no time. And sometimes, like, just standing up for too long, I'm just like, nope, I need to sit down for a bit. Like, my legs feel heavy. I feel very, you know, drawn down. Your your sense of uh, balance changes in, in pregnancy because you've got this baby at the front of your body now, so you're kind of moving forward a bit more, so you've just got to be a bit wary of that. So, yeah, my physicality is is definitely being affected now. I can, I can definitely feel that. And I'm doing everything slower, generally, <laughs> which is just because as you get bigger, you feel more restricted in your movements, and that's fine. That's just what, what it is. Even your muscles and ligaments, they start to soften, throughout pregnancy because they're kind of allowing your body to move and to prepare for labour later on. So it's important not to move quick anyway. <laughs> I wrote my second review for another book that I finished this month, uh, which is up on Instagram if you missed it. The book is called The Positive Birth Book by Millie Hill. And it was another very enjoyable read. And I actually found out recently it's been voted the best overall pregnancy book in 2022. So I would already recommend getting that just, just for that, that title. It's really lovely to read and it details lots of possible situations that you could encounter in pregnancy and in birth. And most importantly, it outlines your choices too. So it kind of gives you the facts and then says can do this or you can do this or you know have a look more into it and it just gives you that idea that there is no set way there is no right way there is no wrong way it is your choice and I think many women feel sometimes that they do have to do what is told to them because well surely a medical professional knows best but this book is really good at showing you that well if you keep yourself informed you will have the right to choose alternatives and be brave and say, actually, I don't think I want that. I'd rather this, or you can discuss it and be like, is there a different alternative to, to that? And um, the book's really good at helping you navigate that and work it out. And, you know, it's important to know and do what you think is best for you and your baby. At the 
end of the day, it is your body. And who knows your body better than anyone than you. So another great read, one I definitely recommend, along with my first book that I read. Just, yeah, some great information in there. And I will lastly quickly talk about a midwife appointment I had recently. I think it's usually a 25-week appointment that um, you get, but mine just happened to be at 24 weeks. And it had all the kind of standard checks that I've had before in every midwife appointment. So blood pressure, urine sample, and we heard our heartbeat again. She found it so quick this time. Like, yep, there's the heartbeat. I was like, wow, okay. Babies, you can tell baby's bigger now because you could just find the heartbeat like that. But yeah, all those checks. And we chatted about getting the whooping cough vaccine, uh, which is a really important vaccine to get to protect the baby in those first few weeks before they can get their own vaccines, I think about eight weeks uh, when that, once they're born, because it can be a life-threatening disease if they do get it, and supposedly it is on the rise. So I'm getting that soon, I'm going to book that in, and like I said, I got the flu vaccine last week, I feel like I'm getting injections here there and everywhere at the moment um but I guess that's pregnancy for you and I do need to get the covid booster I am eligible elig- I can't say that word elig- eligible pregnant people are uh but I think I have to wait to be called from what I can gather so I'll I'll wait a little bit and then if I don't hear anything I'll kind of maybe talk to my GP about it because I do kind of want the COVID vaccine especially if it gives the baby some antibodies that would be amazing and I also found out about the rhesus status of our baby I mentioned about the whole rhesus status thing in your blood during pregnancy uh, in in an episode I can't remember which episode that was but I kind of went into detail on that so I won't go into it too much here but I did find out that our baby is rhesus positive which I knew she would be I'm negative she's positive I, I just knew I knew she would be that's absolutely fine and like I said in the previous episode it means that there will need to be a few precautions in place so I will be getting the anti-d injection that's what it's called I'm getting that in a few weeks at my 28-week appointment and then I will get it after birth as well when they officially confirm that she is rhesus positive from her cord blood. But it's very much likely that she is. And I'm not worried about it. I've learned a lot about it and it feels like they know what they're doing. All the precautions are in place for someone who is rhesus negative it's just something they come across and know know what to do in those circumstances. So, yeah, overall, the appointment was very, very nice and relaxed. And once again, lovely to see our midwife, who is very supportive, very helpful and friendly, which is all you want, really. This month, I thought I would touch on the topic that deals with social media during pregnancy and beyond perhaps with finding kind of birth accounts or following what are known as mumfluencers <laughs> and as i've said before places like instagram and 
Facebook and whatever, they're very clever at making algorithms to match what you are following. So as soon as you start following those pregnancy accounts or baby accounts and start Googling about it, you tend to get all the ads about pregnancy. And then the same comes with suggested followers too. So your feed very much becomes um, a yummy mummy's own, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, a lot of pregnancy info and all of that. And I'm sure everyone's kind of noticed, especially on Instagram, how much it's changed. Like, especially on your feed, you don't really, you can barely see your actual friends that you follow and know on the wall. Uh, it's mainly reels and suggested followers, uh, which is very, very annoying. Um, I think if you make like Instagram reels, they love it and they'll just like keep giving you followers and things like that. But Anyway, I won't go into all of that, but it's a little bit of a minefield, a little bit annoying that it's all changed like that, but there we go, we have to deal with that. But in terms of the topic, I think social media can be a brilliant source of knowledge and advice for motherhood, and there are a lot of really good, really positive accounts out there, and you know, if you don't like to read books and all the internet googling which can also be dangerous because you could go onto all sorts of sites that aren't actually valuable or um credited accounts or information it is good to use social media but it's also important to know that there are going to be accounts that push their agenda their opinions saying that it's their way or you're doing it wrong not actually stating facts or having any medical knowledge or right to do so. And maybe they're just constantly plugging products that are actually quite expensive, not beneficial. There are better alternatives out there. And they got them for blooming free anyway. They're being paid to, to give you, to show you these products. So it's just about having your, having your arm's length, I suppose, at these things and going... Is that information valuable to me? Not too sure. But, you know, that's with everything. You have to find a balance with anything. And it's important to know where you get your information from. Like I said, there is a mix out there. And I'm hoping and I think there are more positive motherhood accounts than bad. But it's still, you know, even if you do follow those positive ones and maybe that you're following mums who have had babies or, you know, just had their child and they're doing things a certain way it's so easy to start comparing to your situation and thinking oh I better do it that way or oh no I haven't got that product I'm I'm failure and <laughs> it's just not helpful to you and it's not true at all everyone's situation is different no one way of being a parent is the right way You've got to navigate it yourself and work out a lot of it yourself, what you actually want to do in terms of bringing up your child or children. And I already follow some really good accounts. For example, I follow a lactation consultant and yeah, I'm not breastfeeding yet, but I'm learning a lot already, which is just helping me get that that knowledge before I have to breastfeed. So I can understand maybe if something is an issue, I might think, oh, I remember when she said that it could be this. So, 
you know, I, I love to learn. I love to inform myself. So that's kind of helped me. And I like to flag posts because you've got that clever tool on Instagram. You can flag posts that saves them for later and you can put them in a folder or whatever. It just it gives you some really helpful information. So Instagram accounts like that are just a godsend. They're just amazing. and You're getting this free advice from a medical professional um, so, you know, there are good, good things, of course, about social media. And I, I will put some of those accounts in the bio of this podcast. So you can follow them too, if you so wish. And of course, you know, get, it's just about balance. Like I say, get your information from different places, get different sides, understand that way you can make your own decisions. If you get both alternative viewpoints, you think, okay, I do want to do it this way think that serves me better serves my child better that kind of thing and you can't go too wrong can you and don't spend too much time on social media it's no good for anyone go outside go for a walk (laughs) a lot of people probably assume that you go and give birth in a hospital But in the UK, there are actually three options where you can give birth. I will go over each briefly, but there's lots of information out there to allow you to make the right decision for you. So let's get through them. The first one I'm going to talk about is home birth. And it does what it says on the tin. (laughs) If you have a straightforward, generally low risk pregnancy, and both you and the baby are well, you might choose to give birth at home. And this is when a midwife will come to you during your labour and you will unlikely need much intervention during the birth. So you go through labour and you can have your baby at home. There is always the option to go to hospital if any problems should arise. And their positives to a home birth is, well being at home. (laughs) You can be in the comfort of your own home. You're not, you know, under those bright hospital lights where you might feel scared, anxious, uncomfortable, and you can just set up your zen zone for your birth the way you want it to be. And people may not think it, but it is still a very safe way of giving birth. Of course, Usually you do have to be a low risk pregnancy to be allowed to have one and you know it depends on the area you live in as well whether there are home birth midwives available to cater for it. But overall it's about being in those comfortable familiar surroundings and let alone jumping straight into your own bed with your baba after birth that that must be heavenly. Next up is what's called a midwife-led unit or a midwife centre and these may be a unit within a hospital or it could be a separate centre that's not actually part of a hospital and a midwife-led unit is more of a homely setting so it's kind of an in-between I think between being at home and being in a hospital. It allows you to be more relaxed than necessarily being in a hospital unit there is less chance of intervention and there's still some pain relief that is an option for you if you are based in a hospital 
Obviously, it's going to be easier to transfer you to the labour ward should you need more assistance or if you need an unplanned emergency caesarean, you're going to be close by to, to get that as well. So there's definitely positives towards the midwife-led unit. And other positives are feeling that you are in your own space, but also you are still a part of that hospital setting. That's, of course, if the midwife-led unit is within the hospital. It's a calming room that will allow you to relax during labour and give you access to possible birth pool and usually less intervention during labour when you're in a midwife-led unit. And you're not going to have loads and loads of doctors around assessing you. You'll probably have one or two midwives. So it can be quite a calming atmosphere for, for this option as well. And the third place you can give birth is, of course, a hospital or a labour ward. And this is probably the one most people are familiar with, where there is more access to obstetricians and anaesthetists. Oh, gosh, I can't say that word. Anaesthetists? Oh, no. Anaesthetists. Uh, we'll go with that. And you will be able to access any pain relief intervention that you may need. The positives of the labour ward are, of course, being in safe hands, having access to all the pain relief that you may want, like an epidural, and getting all the help that you may require. And of course, it's, it's probably the most common one we all see on TV and know about and that's why we assume that is the only way or place you can give birth. But it's good to know that there are other options out there. And at the moment, I'm hoping I can go to my midwife-led unit. In It's within our hospital. I think it's just a different floor to the hospital ward, the labour ward. But we'll see. It's still early days. <laughs> So we've come to the end of another episode of Trying to Grow a Human. Thanks for joining me once again. I really, really appreciate you listening. And I look forward to chatting next month where I will be 28 weeks. I think I'll be a year older by that point. Yeah, I think I will be. And I will be starting the third trimester. Can we believe it? That is wild. If you have any ideas or questions for the podcast, please send them through to tryingtogrowahuman at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at tryingtogrowahuman. And please, I would so love it if you could rate, review and of course subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use. It will help others find this podcast. Thanks you lovely lot for listening. I send you love and luck on whatever life journey you are going through right now. You can do it. This podcast is dedicated to all those who grew the humans before us. You are amazing. <laughs>